Hey everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Be More Within Gomu podcast show. We are thrilled you're here today. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Coach Sophia Bazil and David Litwin, CEO of Pure Fusion Media, about the future of coaching. In this podcast series, we'll connect you with coaches who make a positive difference in the lives of the people they serve through their practice and through the Ngomu app. We'll talk about the latest trends and topics to help you. We'll bring in coaches and individuals who will share their experiences and takeaways so you can implement them immediately to improve your life and the people around you. My name is Al Wynans, your co-host, and with me today is Joyce Joya, my co-host, CEO of the Herman Group of Companies, and author of the forthcoming book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit Into the Future. Joyce, so great to see you here, and I love that you're wearing our brand colors. <laughs> great to be with you, Al. <laughs> Glad I looked to see in you. my closet and I said, well, if we're not wearing T-shirts, I'll go, I'll go for the colors. <laughs> I'm a little boringly dressed compared to you today, so but it's no good worries. to see you. So, Joyce, uh, as we're kicking off here today, heard through the grapevine that you had some <laughs> adventure and travel in the past week. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, many of us are getting back on airplanes, Al. And that brings with it all kinds of anxiety and issues and sadly, cancel flights sometimes. And it just so happens that I was flying to San Francisco about a week ago and my flight was canceled. And I learned some very valuable lessons or perhaps I relearned some very valuable lessons that I'd like to share with everyone today. The first thing that happened was that the flight was delayed. And that is the first thing that happens typically when a flight's going to get canceled and it gets delayed once and it gets delayed twice. And if it gets delayed a third time, then you know that chances are that flight's going to get canceled. But instead of remembering, aha, that's my time to go position myself up at the gate uh, near the gate agent so that I'll be ready to pounce when the flight is canceled and I'll be first in line. Instead of remembering that, I was working on my computer. And by the time I packed everything up, I was number 50 in line. And I was thinking, oh, but they'll take care of me because I'm in first class. Not a chance. Oh, it was, uh, it, it was a, a disaster. That was the beginning of the disaster. I ended up being on, uh, on United the next morning at dawn. And I learned another lesson that next morning because the TSA people will not allow you to get pre-check more than once within 24 hours. So another valuable lesson learned. But as we get back on airplanes, it's really important to for everyone to remember that it's your attitude that really makes a difference. If you're willing to roll with the punches, if you're willing to keep smiling, no matter what happens, you're going to have a much better travel experience. That's true, Joyce. That's great advice, especially now as we're all getting back to travel after those, the last 18 months of being stuck at home. So great advice. Happy that you're back home safe in Texas uh, after your travel ordeal. Hopefully the leg home wasn't as painful as the, as the leg out, so to speak. 
Not nearly. However, uh, being behind a mask for three and a half hours was still not exactly the most fun thing. And I'm looking forward to a time at, in the future when we will not have to wear masks. It will be a different travel experience. This too shall pass, as we say. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Joyce. Um, as we start our show here, I'd love to introduce you to our first guest. And our first guest is Sophia Bazil. Um, she is a long-term education professional, consultant, facilitator, ICF-trained coach, and soon-to-be-certified foresight practitioner. So, Sophia, welcome to the Be More Within Gomu podcast. Hi, Al. Thanks for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for being here so early in the morning for you. Uh, <laughs> tell, us, tell us where you're, where you're joining us from. Well, I am joining you from Bali, Indonesia, where it is currently 4 a.m., so not quite sunlight yet. I think I've got an extra special start to this Thursday, and I think you all are mostly in the U.S., so hello. <laughs> we, are, we are still in the mid-afternoon on our side on Wednesday, so good Thursday morning to you. I'm so appreciative you. that, you're, that you're up so early to join us today. So, um, but let's, let's dive straight into our conversation here. So in today's uh, podcast, we, we're discussing the future of coaching. And as you know, the coaching industry really is growing at an astonishing rate. And with that, that brings you know, changes that both affect the coach, but also their client, their customer. So as a coach yourself, and especially as a futurist, you know, what do you see are sort of the top three trends or ways that the industry is changing in the future? Well, um, well, trends are not our friends. So they're things that are happening now <laughs> and they can give us um, a glimpse of what might manifest in the future. But some things that I've noticed that we should definitely keep an eye on are just the sheer number of coaches. Coaching is a booming industry at the time, but that comes with some implications. One, on the side of potential clients, that's amazing. There's greater accessibility than ever before. Coaching used to be very limited, very um, cost prohibitive to people, but with platforms like Ngomu and other online solutions to coaching, we're able to bring coaching to those who would need it and benefit from it most. Now, that being said, with the number of coaches having grown exponentially, we're seeing a lot of range of qualifications and experience. So having gone through the vetting process for Ngomu, for example, and having been trained by ICF, I think these accrediting bodies are going to play an increasingly important role in kind of calibrating the standards of coaching that are offered. That's going to be super, super important. And I'm also seeing that coaching is, go is, is increasingly utilized in different workplaces. So we've had companies like Google and all kinds of large organizations that have been very successful in adopting innovative models to um, bring out the best in their um, employees. They've been doing coaching forever, but now we're seeing this become a bit more widespread across different organizations and even things like peer coaching are going to be very um, valuable in helping people to be innovative in their respective fields and to be able to troubleshoot and really navigate the complexity that we're all facing today. 
So again, looking into the future, when what do you see as some of the areas of improvement that the, the clients, actually the coaches, will want to see from the coaches? Well, I think that looking into the futures, we just all have to have a greater understanding of nuance and an embrace of complexity. And on the side of the clients, we're going to want to have coaches who have a far broader, more diverse and transdisciplinary set of skills and ability to handle complexity and thereby empower their clients to also navigate that complexity. There's a lot of underlying systems at play that are changing things more rapidly than ever. So having someone who is, yes, a specialist in a certain area, but able to draw connections between the implications that come along from our very interactive, complex, adaptive systems that we all live in is going to be extremely important. So you touched on this. Please, go ahead. Well, I, I was also going to say um, life after COVID is not just about work. It's about our very understanding or attempts to make sense of the human experience. So someone who, um, I don't want to use the word lightly, but is somewhat knowledgeable, not necessarily a doctor or a licensed practitioner, but someone who's informed and trauma-informed um, support for people would also be um, a valuable skill set to have. And I would also add that um, helping people through coaching in the future requires some engagement of some foresight practices. It's not necessarily having all the answers. That would be forecasting, and forecasting is a fool's errand. But it's about being able to pick up on signals of things that are happening that are not an immediate sight, but just on the horizon to really help people who many are not going back to their desk jobs or not going back to their office. But this is a totally new concept. So how do we support them in becoming more self-actualized and really finding that thing that they're supposed to do? Well, you have to really understand um, the many weak signals that are out there and those liminal opportunities for people to step into. And there is enough to go around. So I really look forward to, uh, that's why, I mean, within GOMU, there's such a diverse and wildly talented group of coaches <laughs> who are very specialized in certain areas and you can kind of choose your own adventure. And that's what I kind of see as the futures of coaching, which is why this platform is so disruptive. And there are licensed practitioners. Everybody's of a very high and qualified standard. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for um, what do you want to be more of in this world? <laughs> That's true. So you touched on this a little bit in this in, in your answer here, but in, also in your first part of the conversation, you know, work has really changed and how we work in the last 18 months. You know, how does coaching now tie into that future of work? Is there a different place for this? How has that evolved or will evolve? How does coaching tie into the future of work? Uh, in several ways. Um, on an individual level, I think that people are really looking to make meaning of their lives. And a large part of our life is spent working. So what does that mean? I think people are going to be looking for opportunities to really tap into that unique value that they bring to this world and how they can be fulfilled in their work. And 
this is such new terrain for many. So utilizing the support and the sounding board of a coach can help them to identify those opportunities that are going to help them to step into that space. Also, I think employers are facing unprecedented challenges as well. And they're going to need to not only bring in teams of coaches to help um, recalibrate the systems that they have had in place that may not work post-COVID or in post-normal times, but coaches, um, employers will increasingly benefit from learning coaching skills themselves. So I do think we're going to see that coaching skills, not as a first and foremost profession for people, but as a complementary skill set to have as an individual, as a leader, as a teammate, are going to be increasingly valuable in helping us to navigate our different, um, the restructuring of our organizations in ways that we might not have seen in decades. That's inter- that's true and interesting. So, you know, what what are some areas of coaching that may not necessarily necessarily be on the radar today that you see as being in need in the future, and and how can you know coaches in essence support that area or those areas? What are some areas of coaching that are not necessarily well? I mean. It's hard to say because thanks to Ngomu, I feel like there's a coach for everything. But <laughs> in terms of in terms of broader reaching um, coaching, I just think that um, we're going to see more niche coaching. And what I mean by that is that something I personally learned around last year after the George Floyd incident and after lots of conversations started happening. I witnessed certain very well-named lifestyle people um, that I won't mention on the podcast, but they didn't, they weren't able to hold space for very difficult conversations. And that brought to my realization that I was following along in the coaching industry, but there was a real lack of diversity there. Some of the top coaching bodies, when they would have conferences, I would scroll through and I it's like something that was a little bit unsettling, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. But once you realize it's there, you're like, whoa, I really can't relate on the most human level to anybody on this panel. So in the past year, even with the ICF, even with huge coaching bodies, we've seen them make their diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging statements and really make varied efforts to diversify coaching. What I see is happening is two things. One, lots of people will want to find a coach that can relate to some of the things that they've experienced or navigated. I mean, gone are the days and where coaches are just this beacon of perfection, who don't share the challenges that they've been through, who aren't transparent. Of course, there will always be those. But I think after everything that we've endured as a global community over the last year and a half now, vulnerability is a huge part. And being really able to um, communicate that you do understand and have been through some of the things that your potential clients have been through is really an asset. I mean, 
how can people solve problems if they're doing so theoretically and don't really necessarily have actually been through them before? So there's this space there where you want somebody who's been on their own hero's journey and surmounted some obstacles, yet they have figured out some solutions and can ask you the right questions to find yours. Also, though, that being said, with highly specialized coaches who look and have experienced and have similar qualifying attributes as their clients, it's also going to be really valuable for all of us to bridge those differences and to be able to take on more empathic practices and really be able to step out and meet our clients where they are. Ultimately, we all want to find somebody who is the most qualified for what it is that we're doing. And having choices like in Gomu really, really helps. But I think it's be, it would behoove us all to really, first of all, tap into our own unique value and our own authenticity and what makes us us, but also to begin to find ways to step into other people's shoes and become more empathic and take on more emotionally intelligent practices and really integrate EQ into our coaching um, practices. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I'm, I'm so on the same page with you on this one. So um, thank you for being here so early in the morning for you. I appreciate that and sharing sharing your, your thoughts with us. So as we move on here, what, what are your top three takeaways that you can share with our listeners today? Top three takeaways. I would say one of them is definitely not about having all of the answers. It's about asking the right questions. I love the phrase of calibrating curiosity because that's going to get you where you're going, right? You just continually ask questions and change is an iterative process. There's no one and done for any of this. And you have the ability to move the needle and to continue making progress towards your wildest ambitions, if that's what you want. Or some days it'll just be to <laughs> get up and tick the boxes, right? So as the segue to just ticking the boxes sometimes, our hashtag and what we want is for people to be more. And that can mean anything to anyone. So knowing or exploring rather, because do we ever really fully know what we want to be? <laughs> we can know we want to be more of different things, right? We want to be more fit. We want to be more reflective. We want to be more resilient, empathetic. It varies, and, but it's always enough. Where you are in your journey is always enough. Some days you'll take a giant leap. Some days you'll just take a little baby step. But being able to kind of take the time and create the space to really understand what your intrinsic values are, have a long-term shaping of your understanding of what kind of legacy you want to build, whether it's in your work or in your life, is going to keep you moving in that direction. So, and what would be the third one? The third one is just take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of your mind. Take care of your body. Um, without that, we really can't achieve much. So at the minimum, 
Um, we all need to be minding our health in these times and really just creating space to just be, <laughs> just be because um, everything, the world will keep spinning without us, right? It's great to have goals and ambitions and want to be productive, but also being really kind to yourself and understanding that this experience and this life is wild and unlike any other. So one day at a time. One day at a time. Sophia, thank you. How can <laughs> uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you best? Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn. And I also believe that we'll share my Calendly if anybody's interested in having a quick chat and just getting better acquainted. So my name is Sophia Bazile, as found here. I'm through the Ngomu page as well. And I will also be um, hosting a learning community called How to Be a Letter Better Leader by Being Real. R-E-A-L stands for Resilient, Empathic, Adaptive, and Legacy Driven. So I'm super excited for that to launch soon. And I look forward to seeing everybody in the Ngomu learning community. Thank you, Sophia. It was great seeing you. Uh, have a great rest of your day of your Thursday. And um, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be talking soon. Yes, thank you. I'm going to uh, just get on with my day now. Thank you for the jump start. There will be a siesta somewhere in there because that sleep and naps. Actually, that would be my real takeaway. Everybody get yourself some naps to um, recharge yourself and do what you need to do to have an amazing day. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Thank you so much, <laughs> Sophia. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've joined us just now, you're watching the Be More Than Gomu podcast about the future of coaching with Coach Fia Bazil, who we just spoke with. And coming up is David Litwin, CEO of Pure Fusion Media. So let's take a quick break before we chat with our next guest. Be more determined. Be more with Ngomu. Se más empoderada con Ngomu. Be more extraordinary. Be more colorful. Be more thoughtful. Be more in the moment. Be more confident and self-assured. Be more. I'm being more mindful. And this is how. Be more with Ngomu. Be more mindful with Ngomu. Be more with Ngomu. Be more confident with Ngomu. Now is your time to be more. With access to more than 80 coaches, you can be more with Ngomu. Be more with Ngomu. That was a great old spot. So now let's welcome Joyce and our guest, David Litwin, for the next part of the conversation. Thank you, Al. Welcome, David. David oh, is thank our, you very much. David is our thought leader uh, that we're going to be interviewing today. And David is uh, one of my favorite people on the planet. He's a Renaissance man, a serial entrepreneur. Uh, David uh, took a, a business from zero into a multi-million dollar business. He's a, a marketing guy. He's a graphics guy. He designed the front cover for my new book. Um, David is, as I said, uh, one of my favorite people. And David has come up with a new product, which is called Hydro Shred, which is, Correct. it looks like a board. So talk a little bit about it, David, and then we'll jump into the future of coaching as you see it. 
Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you for allowing me to be here, uh, Al and Joyce. I really appreciate it. And I'm really excited about what Ngomu is doing. Um, I'll just say it this way from the standpoint of HydraShred. About three months ago, I weighed 185 pounds. I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. And I thought because of what was going on with COVID and the lack of gyms, this was my lot in life. I'm 52 years old. And I thought, okay, well, I had a good run in my 20s and I guess I'm done. You know, and uh, basically within three months, I gained 32 pounds of solid muscle and growth. Um, my strength shot through the roof. My cardio shot through the roof. And I didn't do a single push-up, pull-up, or sit-up. I didn't do uh, no weights. And essentially what happened was I created this board that you use in a pool. And because you can do things in a pool that you could never do in a gym, such as imagine running on a treadmill, lifting 45-pound weights and doing arm curls. You just couldn't do it. But with this, because you're in the water, there are things you can do that allow you to maximize your body's potential. And I just accelerated. So I'm back to wearing my full my full wardrobe and and I went from a size 40 chest to a size 48 jacket. So I had to go and buy some new clothes, but uh yeah, it's uh, it's been great. So you can just go to hydro-shred.com if you want to know more. So David, just a quick question. How is your the Hydro Shred board different than the typical kickboards that we played with as kids? Sure. So it's really optimized specifically for this, what I call extreme aqua workout, right? You could use a boogie board. And when I started this thing, I mean, there was no hydro shred board. So I created the board itself after using a boogie board. But the problem with a boogie board is you don't know the exact weight of each board. You don't know. It's not going to be uh, symmetrical. So you're not going to get that like symmetric body workout. And then we've added these really kind of revolutionary handholds that allow just a, a much more fluid and enjoyable and, and exciting experience. So it really is everybody that's, you know, people that have started with a, with a boogie board or anything like that and have gone to the hydrostar board say, wow, this is, this is amazing. And so one of the things that we added to it was a uh, buoyancy attachment. So you actually attach another piece to the board and now you've got the ability to go from, because your strength gains so fast, you go from maxing out one board to adding another 60% weight on it. And, you know, you could literally, you know, you can go for a year off of these couple boards and, you know, within two months, even 30 days, we can have a 30 day challenge. If you don't gain or lose seven pounds in 30 days, you can have your money back. That's how much we believe in this thing. And with the, and with the videos that you provide, people can be their own coaches. Absolutely. You can do it yourself. Um, we're trying to turn this into Zumba in the, in the water, basically. So we're going to gyms, health clubs, spas, resorts. And so look for it in your uh, local gym, rec center, pool, whatever, pretty soon. So, yeah. Brilliant. So I, I, I suspect that sometime in the future, we'll have coaches for the Hydro Shred Board. Absolutely. We've already got some, we've already got some going. And in fact, actually, I'm partnering with um, some coaches as well in kind of other disciplines, like Sophia was talking about. We've got to be multiple, multiply disciplinary. And I think that that's one of the key things now, especially with the ability. You don't have to be an expert in everything, but you have to know at least, you know, know neuromechanics, know, um, you know, neuroplasticity, know these things so that you, when you're working with somebody, you can get a holistic, as she was saying, get a holistic view of where they are and, and currently what, you know, what their needs are. What else from the coachee's point of view do you see in terms of the future of coaching? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to channel my inner futurist and do a little Joyce Joya here. 
But uh, basically what I see as, well, let's look at, let's look at the present. So the present very much in coaching is somebody comes, they have a need and they want to get to X, Y, and Z. They've got a problem and they need a solution. Go from A to B. Now it's gotten, it's gotten a little bit better than that in the last 10 years, but really that's almost mathematic, right? That's kind of very left brain oriented, but we're really not a left brain society anymore. We're really right brain. We're really creative. We're really fluid. And so what I see is the future of coaching and I see it kind of all across any coaching is to under, get your, 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 get your, your client to understand, operate in, and then ultimately live in what I would call flow. Now, flow is one of those terminologies that everybody kind of uses. It's a big buzzword now, but I really believe it's kind of the, the synthesis between hyper-creativity, productivity, skill set, and energy. And when you combine those, now all of a sudden, you, you push beyond your problems. You push beyond the situations that you're in because your mind is thinking so clearly. Your body is functioning so well. And so when we can connect people to flow, and I think there's really two ways to do that. And once they get into that, then they have the opportunity to really, whatever area they're in, they have the opportunity to really, to really accelerate and push beyond whatever that particular need is. If, if there were, was one piece of advice, David, that you would give to people who are wanting to be more, yeah. what would it be? Uh, it, two, two parts. Um, it would be to understand who you are and then understand what you're optimized to do. And what I mean by that is so many people walk around in this world just existing. You know, Sophia just talked about being, and that's really key. But a lot of people don't know how to be because they don't know who they are. So the first thing I would recommend for anyone and then any coach talking to one of their clients is get them to get them to go through a program like a DISC or like a Myers-Briggs and begin to understand the way they're genetically wired and their temperament and their attitude and all of these things because it helps you understand a little bit more of who you are. Then the second one is what are you optimized to do? And that is going through these kind of vocational uh, assessments and begin to look at what am I wired for? You know, what am I specifically designed? And you may be in the wrong vocation. And a lot of times I think what happens is a lot of people are frustrated. And so they go, I need a coach to, to deal with my anxiety or I need a coach to do this. And they may be in the wrong job or they may not know themselves to a, to a level of where they where that anxiety is because of the type of person that they are in the present and not really recognizing. It's like, wow, I have I'm more of an empath or I'm more of a this and I've held this down because of X, Y and Z in my life. So when we get to know those two things, then we begin to move in flow because we know how to operate, right? We, we, we see how our bodies respond. We see how our minds respond. And then we're working in our optimum state. And that may be going from an accountant to a chef. I mean, I love watching shows like Chopped where it's like, you know, the person is like, I was in finance and I went into, you know, I went into, uh, uh, you know, a line cook, but they're in flow all day. You know, and that makes it easier for the coach because now the coach begins to look at, and it's not just a problem solution, you know, solution, pro your problem solution situation. It's a, how do I help you? And this is what you were talking about and what, what the whole meth methodology and vision of Ngomu is, how do I help you be more mm. in whatever area that happens to be? You know, I, what comes to mind is that when we love what we do, 
work is not work. Right. Right. It's just pure joy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then that draws other people to you, right? It's a magnanimous reality. It creates an energy that other people begin to associate with. And, you know, when you can do that, when you can build up the, especially if you're in a team, right? If you're, you don't have to be the leader of the team, but you can be the one that people look to. You can be the one that they gain strength from. So yeah, when you love what you do and you're in your right position, and I ultimately think this needs to happen at the high school level, but if it's not happening at the high school level, it can happen at the Ngomu level. <laughs> well, and from what I'm hearing, it needs to happen on all levels. So even the executives need to make sure that they are in a, in a flow state, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's if you could have, I mean, you know, talking about it from the high school level, I would like to go to companies like like uh, uh, Tesla and IBM and Microsoft and basically say in five years, I could bring you the very best employees you've ever had coming out of coming out of college, coming out of high school. Right. Because they know what they're called to do. They've gone through these programs and their last two years of school is just operating in that flow. It's basically saying. You are you are designed to be a you know a, a mathematician, a mechanical engineer, or whatever. Eighty five percent of people don't like what they do. So how does that help your workflow and your workforce? So you gave us three takeaways on your right. <laughs> on your guest form. Why don't you give that to us now? Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, certainly. Um, the, the first takeaway is that coaches tend to be, you know, the, the they often are the smartest people in the room. Okay. And to, to recognize that there's two ways to be understood as the smartest person in the room. The first way is to speak in such a high lofty and commanding way that everybody bows to your superior intellect and ability. And they walk out of the room a little deflated, but you built yourself up. The second way is to challenge, encourage, and inspire everyone in the room so that they are more powerful, stronger, more, more, uh, um, more empowered than they were when they walked in. More of who they really are. Right? More of who they really are. Absolutely. And it, it's a selfless act, but ultimately that's what we have to do. You know, Sophia talked about it from the standpoint, and that's my second point, empathy. We've got to have, we have to understand each other's stories. And we have to understand that those stories that are, that that person in front of you is, an, a, is a culmination of their story but that story does not define them. It, define, it, it, it centers them in a moment, but it doesn't define their future. And so when we understand that story, we recognize that and we say, you know, that's, that's one thing I think a lot of people tend not to do is they look at someone and they judge them in the immediate moment. And we can't judge. And then that brings up the third one, which is that interdisciplinary reality, is that we have to be far more nuanced. She used the word nuanced, so I'm going to Take her word, but she, we have to be far more nuanced, and we have to be far more uh, encompassing in our in our range of abilities with people. And then realize you're not you may be the expert, and you may have all the answers. But if you think you have all the answers, you're already on a downhill trajectory, right? You're gonna learn if you come into a come into a situation where it's like I'm the coach. They're the learner. Get and and you know get what I have to say. You're going to be better. You miss your opportunity because your opportunity is to hear them say something, listen to the moment, and and realize that you created something more powerful out of that situation. I have times where I'm talking to somebody, and they're like, 
man, that's really good. Can I write that down? And I'm under the table writing it down. You know, because I wasn't, that wasn't what I planned on saying, but I was listening to the moment and I engaged in what was going on and I was able to do that. Wow. David, thank you so much. You've given us so much to think about. I, I really appreciate your taking the time with us and especially to be our first guest. On oh, I am honored. Absolutely honored. Be more thank you so much. The podcast. Thank okay. you. That's thank you. Well. But thank you, David, for, for this excellent interview and Joyce as well for conducting it. Um, as we're wrapping up today's show, I wanted to quickly reiterate the, the, the takeaways from both Sophia and David. So um, Sophia shared great information, but the three takeaways really for me that she left behind is, is that you must really ask the right questions to help you calibrate where you're going. Um, also, where you are in your journey is always enough. You can always move forward. You can always be more. And if that, that, that end goal yes, changes, but where you are today really is enough. And that you really must take care of yourself as you're on this journey. So those are the three high-level takeaways I got from Sophia. Sophia, thanks for sharing those. I really appreciate that. And Joyce, what were your takeaways from David? I got from David that it it's really a good thing if we can be multidisciplinary, if we can be adaptable. And adaptability has emerged as one of the top soft skills that employers are looking for today. And the second takeaway that I got from David is that we all have an opportunity to be in the flow just by finding out what we're really good at, and then doing that. And that when we are in the flow, that it's a very attractive process, that people want to be, want to be with us. People want to, to work with us. People want to be associated, be connected to us. And in order to do that, we need to understand who we already are. Um, and that's not a static thing because as I'm so fond of saying, we're becoming what we will be becoming. So we're in a constant state of evolution. And when we love what we do and we're in that constant state of evolution and growth, boy, that's just a recipe for fantastic success. So I'm very grateful to David for his contributions to our first podcast today. Thank you, Joyce. And one thing that we're doing at the end of our podcast is we'd like to recognize a coach who's really making a positive difference in the lives of many, which is our goal here at Ingomo. And today we are liking to honor um, Kim O'Neill, who started the Let Your Light Shine moment movement actually and the movement aims to inspire and empower everyone on the planet to shine their light and be more of their authentic beautiful self it's kim's goal to reach 1 million people by december 31st 2024 and she is well in her she's actually well underway as I, as I actually noticed when i look at it and you know talk you know talk about making a positive impact in the life of many so people actually can go to her website kimoneal.com and you can submit your um, your 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 comment, what you are doing to make a difference in the world, how you make your light shine. You can submit a picture, a video, and so on. So really, collectively, it's it's just a positive, great experience. So check it out at kimoneilcoaching.com. 
and you can obviously add your own let your light shine moment on there as well so but that brings us to the end of our inaugural podcast we hope you enjoyed the show and i would like to thank our guest sophia bazil coach sophia bazil david litwin ceo of pure fusion media and my co-host joyce joya for being here today thank you for listening for watching and we will see you for our next show on june 30th at 2 p.m mountain time that will be our next show so we're doing it twice a month on the Wednesdays. So the next one, June 30th. So let's go make a positive difference in the world. And be more. Thank you.